Well, good morning, church. So good to see all of you here this morning. We have a lot of visitors here today, and we are super excited that you're here with us as well. Another beautiful Lord's Day morning. I hope that you will be encouraged, and we look forward to spending some time together in the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, uh, open up there to Galatians 5. That's where we're going to be this morning in our time together. And uh, as we've been this year in 2022, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, talking about the things that God has required of us as we begin to go out into the world and shine light into dark places. This morning, as we think about what it means to really bear fruit for the kingdom of God, I want to give us a, a few thoughts. Now, I know uh, Hunter mentioned a moment ago about the elections coming up very soon. And uh, I started thinking about this part of the verse that talks about how we, uh, there's no law against the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? So in order to uh, kind of get a better bearing on that, I thought what we might do is recognize that there are some really crazy things that happen in our country. In the state of Alabama, did you know it is illegal to engage in bear wrestling? Did you know that? It's illegal in the state of Alabama. I had a really cool bear wrestling thing on there, but I must have left it off. But that is illegal in Alabama. It is also illegal to impersonate a person of the clergy. And yet, at Halloween, I saw some walking around. It is illegal in Alabama, at least in Mobile, to spit orange peels on the sidewalk. Uh, in Alabama, is it illegal to maim yourself to escape duty, specifically for service? It is illegal to open an umbrella on the street in Montgomery for fear of spooking horses. But I see umbrellas there all the time. Uh, it is illegal in our state to play dominoes on Sunday. Did you know that? It is illegal to put salt on the railroad track. In fact, if you do, it's punishable by death if there's an accident. Punishable by death for assault on the railroad. It, this is a big one, especially for you teenagers. It is illegal to flick boogers into the wind. It's on the books. It is on the books. It is illegal to drive the wrong way down a one-way street unless you have a lantern attached to the front of your automobile. It is illegal in Mobile to shoot silly string or spray confetti. I've seen a few of those parades on TV. They throw confetti, but it's illegal, technically. It is illegal to carry ice cream cones in your back pocket. I don't know who would do that. I was reading, I thought, why in the world would that be a law? Well, it's a law because uh, people would come up with ice cream cones in their back pocket and lure horses away. And so they'd steal horses with ice cream cones in the pocket. Not that anybody's going to do that today. It is illegal to sell peanuts on Wednesdays after sundown in Lee County. Isn't that crazy? It is illegal to wear masks in public. But we do it on Halloween, right? Some people do it regularly. It is illegal uh, to bathe in the fountains in Mobile. They have a law. I don't know anybody that would be doing that, but they say it's illegal to bathe in the fountains. It's illegal to drive a vehicle blindfolded in the state of Alabama. I don't know who would be doing that either. Uh, it is illegal to wear blue jeans on Noble Street in Anniston. So somebody must have done something wrong. And this is my favorite one. It is illegal to wear a fake mustache in church. The reason why is they were afraid it would cause children to laugh. So you can't wear a fake mustache. If you got a toupee, you're good to go. But if it's a mustache, 
If it's a mustache, it's trouble. Now, there are a lot of laws like this, and this is just a handful that I came up with for the state of Alabama, but there are a lot of these crazy laws, crazy rules, and things that may not even be kept, but this happens all the time. In fact, many times in our country, when we have a law that passes through both houses and is sent off to the president to sign, we don't realize that they may have a title in the bill, they may have a specific thing that they're saying that bill is, but there's a lot of stuff underneath it, and they call it pork, okay? I don't know why. You can enlighten me. Uh, I thought maybe it came with a slab of bacon, but I was wrong. So anyways, it's pork. They say all these things are addition to the law. And so sometimes these crazy things are inserted because one person says, you know what? I just don't think you should wear fake mustaches in church. And so they put that on the books. Now, with the craziness that's going on in our world, we need to have some kind of a standard. Amen? We need to be able to have some kind of a standard to determine the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And God has done that by giving us his word. And he has given us an opportunity as we study Galatians chapter 5 to see the reasons why the things he commands us to do are things even the world, worldly people, could get behind. It says there are no laws against the fruit of the Spirit. So let's kind of dissect this passage a little bit and notice a few things together. The first thing that we notice there in verse 16 is following the Spirit. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you're walking with the Lord, if you are doing what is right, you are more apt to avoid the things that can corrupt you, can discourage you. And we grow in grace and in knowledge the more that we stay in tune with the will of God. We read a lot of books. I'm actually reading two right now at the same time. Besides the ones on the, I have some on my bed table that I read a chapter two and they're still stacked up this high. But I got two books I'm reading at the same time right now. And we do, we'll read books, we'll read uh, newspapers, we'll read stuff online, we'll catch ourselves uh, scrolling through things, reading uh, comments on Facebook. So we read a lot of stuff. And I encourage you to think about, we need to be acquainted with the word of God. We need to spend more time reading God's Word than anything else we read. We need to focus on what God's will is, and the reason why is because it will cause us to continue to walk in the Spirit and avoid the flesh. Live, he says, live by the Spirit, and then you won't worry about what your flesh wants because you'll be focused upon what is right. And notice the next few verses here. It talks about how we can resist the Spirit. And people do this because they let the flesh overtake them instead of the Spirit to lead them. Listen to this verse here in verse 17. For the, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now Paul will also say, why is it that I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I want to do? Because there is a spiritual battle going on every day around you, within you, a challenge that is put before you, a trial that you have to make a daily choice. Number one, as to who you're going to serve. And number two, how you're going to serve Him. When we serve God, we don't resist the Spirit. Now Paul will talk about quenching the Spirit. Literally, it's like putting water upon a fire. And as a child of God, I want to fuel the Spirit of God. I do not want to resist God. I do not want to resist the Spirit of God. I do not want to resist spiritual people. I don't want water on my flame. 
And there are some people, I think I mentioned this last week, that do nothing but walk around and people light out, you know? They don't have it shiny because people, there are people that are just walking around doing nothing better than putting out your flame, your fire. So don't resist the Spirit. Engage with God. Engage with God's Word. Read it. Read it frequently. Spend time with spiritual people. Be a part of fellowship, of Bible study, and of worship so that your fire remains strong. Because there are a lot of things out here in this world that will do all they can to take your fire, what little bit of fire you may have sometimes because of the struggles you're in, they will try to take that fire from you. The devil will try to have you resist the Spirit to do the things that your flesh wants to do. He said, well, this is, what I, this is what I feel. Be careful, church. Be careful about feelings. Be careful about emotions. Because while they may be positive and they can help you to do right things, they can also betray you to do bad things. Keep it in check. Walk in the Spirit. Don't resist the Spirit of God. Now verse 18, it says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. This idea of being led by the Spirit of God. What or who is leading you? Who is leading you? What leads, what leads your emotions? You know, what leads your actions? What leads your vote when you get ready to go into that election booth? Okay, what is leading you? If the Spirit of God is leading you, you will only, church, you will only do spiritual things. But if your flesh is leading you, if your emotions are leading you, and your feelings are leading you, you may be caused to do something that is contrary to the Spirit of God. If I am God's child, then my Heavenly Father is my greatest example. And His Word is the greatest thing that I can ever read and apply in my life. I am compelled to make a choice. Who do I serve? And I love what Joshua says. As for me and my house, well, sir, that's pretty bold of Joshua, right? He's speaking on behalf of his kids. He's saying, my family, my, I, I'm going to stand before you today and I'm going to tell you I'm going to serve God and I'm going to stand and I'm going to tell you my wife's going to serve God and my children are going to serve God because my household is going to serve the living God. That's a bold statement speaking on behalf of those in his household. But what Joshua's really telling us is whatever it is within my means to protect my family, we're going to serve God and serve Him first. Everything that we do, every action we're involved with, every activity we're involved with, we are going to serve God. We're going to be led by the Spirit of God. Now going down here and look at verse 19. In addition to being uh, walking with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, we're supposed to be a part of a spiritual kingdom. He goes here beginning at verse 19 and says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. And he gives us this big long list of things that are flesh motivators. The Spirit here in just a minute that is contrary to that. But notice these things that he lists here. He says the works of the flesh are evident. This Everybody knows these are things you shouldn't do. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, and selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In other words, Paul is getting tired of listing all these things, but these are things that people ought to know are the wrong things. What's that got to do with a spiritual kingdom? Paul is trying to encourage the church, the churches of Galatia, to see that there is a tremendous benefit 
of being around other people that are led by the Spirit, other people that are not resisting the Spirit, other people within the kingdom that are living a kingdom lifestyle. There is a tremendous benefit to having your friends and your family being children of God. Because just as Joshua could say, as for me in my house, we could say, as for me in my church family, we will serve the living God. You know that you can be in a place among other Christians that think like you do, that live their lives like you do. So that when I come back in here on Sunday, I go, you know what, I'm not as weird as they thought. I'm not as difficult as some people say that I am. That the life that I choose, the way that I choose to live my life faithfully in accordance with the will of God, there are other people like me that are doing the same thing. That have said, I'm going to resist the flesh and I'm going to be led by the Spirit and I'm going to bear spiritual things. The kingdom of God, he says here. This is what kingdom people do. And if you choose the things in this list, which by the way is much longer than the fruit of the Spirit. He says, if you do these things, you cannot, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're kingdom people. We think kingdom-minded thoughts. We live in kingdom-minded ways. We are princes and princesses of the kingdom of God. And we act that way. A spiritual kingdom that has been built. And I notice here, and we've been doing this for the past several weeks, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he talks about how the fruit of the Spirit is something, again, that, that is, there's no law against it. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or kindness. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. I've divided that up sometimes and talked about how part of it is bearing fruit for God. Part of it is bearing fruit for yourself. Part of it is bearing fruit for others. But ultimately, as we've spent quite a bit of time on this year, we're supposed to be bearing the fruit of God, not the works of the flesh. That's pretty clear, right? Notice also that if we are bearing the fruit of God, we are living in the Spirit. Notice here beginning at verse 24, it says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, but if we live in the Spirit, let's also walk in the Spirit. The Spirit. If you are a child of God, you are not a child of the world. You're not a person who dwells in darkness. You're a person who dwells in the light. And therefore, you live in such a way that other people might be drawn towards not just you, but the light that's in you, the Spirit that's in you, the Spirit of the living God. You know, there's not a temple set up in a place, one place, one location where people can be drawn to worship the Lord. Old covenant. There's no longer required sacrifices by which everybody else in town and everybody else within our region or our county could see us traveling as large family groups to one place to worship God. A lot of those things, we talked about this in our class this morning, have been left behind. They have been fulfilled. And so, what is the visible reminder what is the visible reminder that there is one God and there is one way to worship God in spirit and in truth? If there's no tabernacle and there is no temple and there is no one specific city or location or headquarters by which we might go and learn and worship God because you and I, being led by the Spirit of God, are the living example. You and I are the temple 
of God. And the Spirit dwells in us so that people might be drawn towards us and we say, I'm not the light. I, I may shine light, but I'm not the source. I go and receive it from somewhere else. And that is from my Father in heaven, by my Lord Jesus Christ. And the Spirit that lives inside of me is helping me to try to live right. And I don't have it all together, right? We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. But I'll tell you what, if you will follow me, I will lead you in the right direction. I will take you to the one who can cleanse your sins. I'll take you to the one who will guarantee you eternal life. I'll take you to the one that will help you in taking prayers to the Father. I will lead you to the one, the only one, the only name that can save. That's our objective, is to live, to reside in, to dwell in, to soak up the Spirit of God and let it radiate from us. Now, we never become arrogant or prideful saying, well, you know, I, I got this right and other people have it wrong. No, because we're imperfect. But we simply say, as Paul does to the Corinthians, if you'll just imitate me as I imitate Christ. Let's do it together. Let's work together towards that goal. And that's, again, what Joshua is saying when he says, that's for me in my house. He says, I am going to live by the Spirit. I am going to reside with the Spirit of God, and my family will see my example, and hopefully, prayerfully, will follow suit. And that leads us to that last thought, is that we walk in the Spirit. If we are living in the Spirit, we walk in the Spirit. Notice it says there, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Maybe on your handout, I think I, it, you need to put in there, walk in the Spirit instead of living. We had that in the last point. But the idea is that I choose every day which way to walk. You know, I, just a, a couple weeks ago, and I'm not bragging, please, because if you saw me, you would not think it was something to brag about. But when I was in Colorado, we climbed a mountain. And yes, we climbed a mountain. And uh, they told us when we got ready to go, before we left the house, they said, as we get to this place, we're going to start at like 9,000 feet, and we're going to walk to 11,500 feet, and there's also a ridge beyond it that you could walk a little further. And they have many people that will caravan there to this area in Colorado to take these, what they call 14ers, 14,000. And there are some that are higher than that, but there's like 10 or 12 of these 14,000 high mountains that people intentionally go and hike. I have no idea why. I don't know. I, I saw that at the Honeybee Festival yesterday. All the people, I ran the 5K. Well, good luck with that. I, I'm not going to do that. I can't do it. I would be just like I was on that mountain, buying oxygen in a gas station, which I did <laughs> when I got to the bottom of the mountain. Went to the Sinclair, and you got any of that oxygen? Yeah, they sell it by the canister. You just sit there and... And so when we were leaving the house... When we were leaving the house, the guy said, make sure that when we take this journey, first of all, you pack your lunch. We had to pack it in our backpacks. Some of us actually took not only ours, but for other guys. We put food. We brought plenty of water. And we also had other supplies that were necessary to take on that journey because they knew along the way we would need to stop and do certain things. And, you know, you, you, are you ever really prepared you know, some of you ladies understand this. There's things in your purse you're never going to use, but just in case it comes up. The one time you don't pack your hair dryer in there is the time you need it, right? <laughs> you open up that thing, there's all kinds of stuff in there. Well, that was like my backpack when I left. You know, I'm like, you know, fingernail clippers, maybe, hand lotion, probably, you know, uh, gloves, boggin. And I had to make a choice before I left 
probably the most important choice besides having water is what kind of shoes I was going to wear. What kind of shoes are you going to wear when you take this journey up this mountain? I brought a pair of boots, very comfortable boots. Love wearing my boots. But I thought, am I walk for five hours in these boots? How are they going to feel? And so I had my tennis shoes, and I chose to wear my tennis shoes. And let me tell you, I am so glad that I wore the tennis shoes on that trip. Some people wore hiking boots for the journey. But isn't it interesting that when you make a journey like that, a long trip, long distance, specifically and strategically, down to how thick your socks are, you will make adjustments to your wardrobe. Long sleeve shirt, short sleeve shirt, coat, windbreaker, hat, boggin. You will make specific strategic decisions on every article of clothing and every item in your backpack in order to get to your destination. I submit to you this morning that's exactly what Paul is doing here in Galatians 5. You think about what you pack for the journey. You think about what you're going to use in order to get to your destination. If you're packing spiritual things and you're doing spiritual things down to your feet, and boy, I love Paul because he's going to talk about our shoes being prepared with the gospel, right? Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, especially 6, 10 through 20. Think about where you're walking. Think about what you're doing. And I submit to you this morning that we need to think very carefully about how we want to walk, where we want to go, what we want to do, what we want to say, what we're going to listen to, what we're going to see. Because all those things can not only alter my walk, but they can also alter the people behind us. I was so glad that there were guys ahead of me that knew the trail. I didn't know what to look for. I don't know the markers. I've never done it before. In your spiritual walk, you need people to help lead you and mentor you. And you're looking at the greatest leaders on the spiritual walk that we can find. And there are individuals in this room that are trying to help you get to your destination. That's why we need each other. And that's why we're here every Sunday, every Wednesday, encouraging one another, let's keep on. Let's keep moving upward, onward and upward to reach our eternal goal. This morning, if you are not a child of God and you've never had the feeling of salvation, the understanding that you are going to spend eternity in heaven, you've never had that moment where you could say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know if something happens to me today, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I implore you and urge you that you not wait another moment that you make a decision today to come and say, I want to change. I repent of my sins. I want to become a new Christian. I want to become a new creature in Christ. I want to have all my sins washed away. And I say to you this morning, every sin you've ever committed, if you're willing to repent, if you believe Jesus is the Son of God, you can and you will be saved. And you can know where you're going to spend eternity. With the urgency, I implore you, I'm not going to make a date in a month or two months and tell you we'll all meet up together and do it then. It's this morning. It's now. It's with urgency. Because if you, need to, if you need to be saved, you're lost. Be saved today. And if you're struggling with sin and you need prayer, we're all on this journey together. I may have some things in my backpack that you need. Maybe we need to pray for one another on the spiritual walk. So if we can help you today, just come while we stand and sing.
Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.